Gracias por mirar Televisión Misteriosa. La próxima semana en Bohemian Grove, amor. Alejandra aprende que Eduardo tiene un problema. Uh, ¡Este espartamos! ¡Buena mierda! ¿Por qué, Eduardo? ¿Por qué? El hermano de Eduardo, Ernesto, revela un secreto. Yo soy... Un Godman. ¿Cómo? ¿Por qué, Ernesto? ¿Por qué? Y el Dr. Diatlov se pregunta por qué está en el programa. Why are you making me have show now? ¿Por qué, comrades? ¿Por qué? Unase a nosotros la semana que viene para otro emocionante episodio de Bohemian Grove Amor. Sábado, sábado, sábado. Es muy lindo, pero no puedo llegar a eso. Mi corazón es carne. ¿Dónde está el biblioteca? Tumbleweed, tumbleweed, tumbleweed. Hey, mi amor es Raúl. <laughs> Hola! Oh, Bienvenido! 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 Ah, blurry photos! <laughs> Welcome to one kilogram of finest Colombian uncut blurry, blurry photos! photos. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know. I, I channeled a lot of uh, Tom Cruise in that for some reason. Yeah, at the end of this episode, you need to be David Snort Scream for <laughs> Noted. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we have recovered from our hangovers. Really? <laughs> I did. I <laughs> You. I must have, I either have tiger blood or a drinking problem. Yeah, you really do. And it doesn't have to be either or. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David, the drinking tiger. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, don't make me take my claws out. <laughs> Leave the bottle. <laughs> it has been a literal week since I've had yeah. a drink because of that recording mm. session. It wasted a day of my life. I don't remember if we figured this out, but the final uh, the final tally sheet was you and I each had a sixer of beer, mm-hmm. and you and I killed an entire bottle of Jameson. Right. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Never I never done that before. Me neither. Ever. So that's what we did for you. And I hope I hope that you guys are like, "Well, wow, these guys are really drunk because uh, we were we've already determined that that's as drunk as we can get." Yeah. <laughs> that's the limit. Yeah. M- much more and you would be doing the podcast yourself, dear listener. Yeah, because we'd be dead. <laughs> Is that what you want? Is that what you want? I, I think that I shocked my body so much because we, I mean, I got home at like two in the morning, oh, man. slept for four hours, got up, rode my bike to work. And it wasn't until I got to my office that I was like, what have you just done? <sighs> like my brain finally said, whoa, whoa, let's just take stock for a second. <laughs> we, we're going to have to come back to this and examine it in an episode about, um, People getting superhuman powers at times of need. Oh, yeah. Maybe I felt like, maybe I got mom strength. Yeah. You you I lifted felt, the, the car off the baby of your mind. I thought that bottle was on top of my baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to drink it. 
Uh, but that's in the past. Now we're talking about the present, which and, is your future. And also, the present is about the past. What? Maybe. This one is a, a real interesting topic, and I'm going to start the carrot dangling by saying you brought this to me uh, from out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I had never heard of this before. Yeah, this just fell in my lap, just dicking around on the internet. Hmm. Um, someone had made this this brief reference to it, and maybe it was even on a podcast. At this point, I don't remember where I heard it, but it was just a one sentence like, oh, well, you know, this. like this thing. Yeah. And I was like, well, that that bears further scrutiny. Huh. So uh, today, so as to cut the string on said dangling carrot and oh, shove it right yummy. in your eager mouth. Yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we bring you the uh, Black Knight Satellite. Wow. Mysterious Satellite. It's crazy. It's crazy. I want to start a list of how many things we cover that begin with the black blank. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it's the most mysterious thing you could, you could have color-wise. Yeah. It's so not shadowy. As, not as mysterious as the yellow king. <laughs> Last time you're going to hear that phrase out of us. The, the Black Knight Satellite. Black Knight Satellite. We're going to talk about uh, what the hell it is. Points for rhyming. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, really, what the hell is it? Yeah. And you're going to, if you if you are the, the sort that likes to follow along at home. Um, Get your Bible out. Um, you can also pull up some information under uh, Dark Knight Satellite, although... I think that that people just started referring to that. I think in the movie. I think after the movie came out, like just, it just Everything the phrase, the phrase "Dark Knight" just rolls out. God. You get better results with Black Knight. You're gonna get some Martin Lawrence movie in there. You're gonna get a plenty of that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, the entertainment industry has done the best it can to keep the lid on this. They're really trying to bury it under other results. Can't do it. Can't keep us down. Yeah, and this is a this is a, a great thing. It's it's a mysterious satellite orbiting it orbits the earth but maybe more than that Mm -hmm. it's been around uh it has been a known quantity for at least 60 years Mm -hmm. a lot of uh a lot of a lot of a lot of theories and things going around well yeah of course there is uh nobody knows the origins of it or its purpose yeah um but it's been thrown out there that this may be a satellite monitoring device that's thirteen thousand years old boom could be alien or it could be from it could be what <clears throat> you're right <clears throat> i'm sorry what, what what could that be hold on hold on let me get my electric razor knife in this giant rotating cylinder of meat that i have here in the studio <laughs> i'm gonna put this on a pita i'm gonna hand it over to you oh, now man. what could this be <laughs> I apologize. I I totally yeah. You you just screwed the pooch on that one. You just glazed right on by it. Um, you know what? It's because it's singular, not plural. That's oh, why. That's true. Me. No, no excuse. Uh, or it could be from our distant past. What? Yeah. What? Um, I heard this phrase once that was it was meant in jest. It was like, uh, nerd discussion. It was like you know it's. This story takes place so far in the past that it might as well be an alternate future. <laughs> and that we actually kind of kind of get into that territory. Here. Wow. Yeah, it's true. That's a territory that that uh, warrants scrutiny speaking of right. which. Yeah, I, we'll, I think we'll make a, a podcast of anything that falls into that bucket. There are stories that say that the object often disappears or moves mm-hmm. to avoid detection or that it has an an extraordinarily irregular 
um, orbital pattern. Or, yeah, that it maybe it's not in a direct just Earth orbit, but maybe in a larger orbit that brings it around Earth, which would be maybe some of the moon. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's just kick this thing off from the beginning. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, there's a there's a degree to which we kind of have to start the story in the middle and work in either direction. Yeah, because that's that's where it starts in in modern times anyway. Yeah. But to add another feather to the mystery cap, mm-hmm. if you look this thing up, you'll get some uh, videos or, or literature that says that it also seems that from apparent photograph disappearances and ever changing answers. There may be a NASA cover-up afoot as well. What? And that just uh, pees gasoline right all over the fireplace. So, the history of it. Quick uh, uh, Smash Mouth history. 1899. Walk in on the sun. (laughs) Hey, now. Here's the backstory. Do you want the Smash Mouth version? (laughs) Yes, that's the one. (laughs) Somebody repeated <laughs> a radio signal. I hope that son of a bitch has to share a studio apartment with with uh, Fred Durst. Yes. How did you? <laughs> yeah. I hope those two those two bastards they just have to deal with each other for the rest of time. <laughs> I'm glad that you knew exactly where I was going. Oh yeah. There was only one choice. There. <laughs> but at least people know Fred's name. It's just Smash right. Mouth Guy Smash Mouth and guy. Fred Durst. For some reason, they're the same person, though. Yeah. Don't they have the same build and look and stuff? Yeah. Know, whatever. They're right. 90s go team and <laughs> 1899. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a repeating radio signal that was detected by our friend Nikola Tesla. Yep. From his own mothership. Uh, and while unsure... What it was or where it originated, he was pretty sure that it came from space. And he was pretty sure the message was, bathe, bathe, (laughs) bathe. (laughs) And every time he heard it, he did it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't touch people. (laughs) Hair is bad. (laughs) With the improvement of ham radio and advances of amateur radio reception, the signal was confirmed on other receivers. Uh, after mm-hmm. a little while after after Tesla picked it up, including uh, Signore Marconi. Oh, ever heard of him? Another jagbag. Another guy in line to to just punch Tesla in the face and take his wallet. <laughs> yep, and then come back and hey, kick that's him in the a hell of a radio signal. <laughs> Bam! See you later. <laughs> it's a mine now. Arrivederci. That's great. Um, Uh, In the 1920s, again, the signal crops up and is heard by uh, independent radio operators. Norwegian scientists hear it again. Sure. They record it, but they consider it to be um, that that it's what they call, uh, is it? Long distance echo? Yeah, LDE. um, That occasionally, especially uh, with a shortwave radio, you get this this phenomenon that's not very well understood where you'll you'll send out a signal and then a few seconds later your signal will come right back to you right and they you know is it an atmospheric bouncing effect sometimes you get an effect that they call the me 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 the australian me 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 it's um or mmm uh i guess mm. it would be where it goes to uh it's earth moon earth moon where they think that these signals are actually bouncing off the moon and coming back oh yeah and and so they they kind of dismissed it but they recorded it and this will this will this will be important later yeah store it here's your gun in the first act Clip and save. Uh, so jump ahead to 1954. We got two newspapers. 
the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the San Francisco Examiner ran articles which claimed the U.S. Air Force had found two satellites orbiting the Earth. The trouble was, no country on Earth was supposed to have had the capability to launch satellites at the time. Exactly. Not only the fact that they were in orbit, they were able to, to, to infer through their, uh, their radar pings some size. Uh-huh. They, were, they were both... First of all, they were in orbit. So that alone... No one can had done that yet. Right. Second of all, they were they were it was bigger than they were even working on. Third, it was in a polar orbit, mm. which at the time was actually they were still determining if that was possible. Right. Let alone capable of doing it. Tell us what a what a polar orbit is, real quick for for those. Uh, uh, for those of you who card. are just joining us and did not hear episode sixteen, orbits and their friends. <laughs> The lost episode. Jeez, yeah. Now we've set ourselves up. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Way to go. Welcome to episode 16. And it would be like when they... <laughs> Hello, I am David Flora. And I am David Stecco. Um, in the background, you'll hear the uh, colorful tune of Charles Mingus. And we're discussing orbits today. Before, before we had that ad exec come in and splash it up and change our format. No, 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 none of this ends up. <laughs> it was like that uh, that old Simpsons joke where like the Krusty the Clown show was like the Krusty report. Oh, yeah. This week, Spiro Agnew discusses international monetary funding. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, polar orbit is uh, an orbit that actually does cross both the North and South Pole. It is it is operating. It is a an orbit around the Earth. That is not in the direction of or antith- antithetical to the rotation of the Earth. Yeah, so it's it's pole to pole as opposed to along the equator. Yep, equatorial, yeah. if you will. Oh, and I will. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's it's a longitudinal. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I always have to stop and be like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. The South Pole stations at ninety degrees south south longitude. South wow. Longitude. Yeah. Because it, it gets dicey when you get to that point. <laughs> yeah, when when gets a little there's a latitude, there's a latitude. <laughs> it, it gets dicey kind of the same way the temperature of your beer gets dicey when you're at the corona of the sun. It just doesn't fucking matter anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so nobody was supposed to be able to to launch satellites or or achieve polar orbit or anything. That's mm-hmm. in '54. Uh, and this this feeds into some red threat. Are the Russians doing things we can't? Right. You know, it, it's it's a national security question. Throws some some tinder on an already precarious uh, burgeoning fire. And the, the initial story was, no, these are natural satellites that were just, these two satellites just were just captured by Earth's gravity. Weird. Just found them, which is improbable to say the least. It's it's like if if you arrest a guy wearing a black and white striped shirt with a black mask and, and a bag that yeah, has a dollar sign on it. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no dude, I just found these under this bush right here. I was cold. Yeah. My eyes were cold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, it's, it's preposterously unlikely that it would happen that way. Yeah. Uh, 1960, we get stuff in space now. Stuff's mm-hmm. up there. Yep. Uh, we're, we're getting up there. We're making things happen. Both from the U S and the Soviet union. And the uh, the United States has some scientists still quietly working on this problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is an article that comes out in Time Magazine. 
you want to look it up and go through their shitty paywall, mm. uh, it is the March 7th, 1960 issue mm. has an article about, about, uh, the, these dark satellite, these, these items that oh, they're sweet. finding and, and how, uh, the how often and this is something we'll hear as we go through this how often the story gets changed as to what they are they thought that it was uh oh whoops a daisy what we thought was like a natural satellite or a dark object it was one of our satellites mm-hmm. but it just we thought it crashed but it mystically stayed in the in orbit yeah this is also after 1957's landmark event of sputnik one the going into orbit and it's uh, now this in- Sputnik, Sporknik, Sporknut. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing about this is that this is all seen through. Um, uh, this is you know very Cold War era, but it's also a, this is a military problem. The, these things were found in the first place. It was it was located by the uh, the Dark Fence Program, which was uh, its job was to look for things in orbit because. We knew we were getting close. We knew the Russians were getting closer. Yeah. So, and this was was this a Navy program? Since it was found on on U.S. Navy radar. Yep. Um, dark fence doesn't that isn't that kind of like I don't know. Well, we 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 need a name for uh, a defense program, but we want it to inspire fear. <laughs> well, I mean, this was early mm. days for them naming mm. things. Mm. You think mm. you think in nineteen. 19- mm. <laughs> <laughs> You think in 1958 they would have been like, we'll call it Desert Shield. No way. They would, we'll call it Sand Razor. <laughs> we'll call it Operation Metal Scorpion. Hmm. Hmm. You've been working a lot of hours lately, Chet. Don't worry. I got the wife some Valium. Everything's fine on the home front. <laughs> As they sit at their desks puffing away on pipes. Yeah. Let me go to the garage and grab you another can of beer. <laughs> Oops. It's a motor oil. Ah, well. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget to slap that girl on the ass. It's your duty. <laughs> She'll appreciate it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. The 60s. I, uh, mm. Quick digression. If you could go back in time. Me? Yeah, or, or the listener. You, or the listener. Everyone. All everyone right. within the sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could go back in time randomly between 50... And 70 years. You don't get to determine exactly when. Okay. Let's go 40 to 60. That's a more fun range. All right. 40 to 60 years back in time. From now. From now. You know everything that you know. You've got a duffel bag. It's got documentation. You know, driver's we, license, got passport. Doc Brown's briefcase. You've got Doc Brown's money. briefcase. You've got, you've got, let's say, $5,000 of, of, of temporarily appropriate money. That's like 50000 back then. Man. <laughs> So, I'll buy a house. So you don't have to worry about getting arrested or being able to buy okay, food. Okay. Okay. Would you do it? Y- yeah. You okay. can't come back. All right. Whatever. <laughs> F- you guys. <laughs> I'm sick of all your bullshit anyway. <laughs> Ghost. And I'm out. <laughs> oh, my God. What if then? What is this thing called international business machines? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next episode. Uh, welcome back. It's me, David Stecco, and my neighbor, Mr. Uh, Mr. Flora. Hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm rich. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, 
and that's just me trying to breathe. Yeah. There's no coke involved. The respirator makes that noise. I often I often think about that uh anyways like I often try and remember like who won the the Kentucky Derby or you know stuff like that 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 might come in handy if I ever went back in time. Yeah, 40 to 60 or so that's well between it, uh that's approximately uh, 50s to 70s, somewhere in that area. So you're gonna. That's, that's a fun time. Miss World Minus War Two. Cold War. Might, thing. Mm, you might catch yourself some Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Well, some Korean War. Would I be too old for the draft? Yeah, Age. you would. I mean, I'm just, I'm just sitting pretty. Yeah, that's true. I'll go up in an airplane, smoke a cigarette, smack <laughs> a stewardess on the butt. <laughs> Man, that's the thing. Everyone's smoking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, I don't know. So think it over while you are driving to work, whatever you're doing, like, you know, pick a year in that range and be like, wow, am I equipped to live in that world? Would you save Martin Luther King? Um, I, I, that's the thing. I mean, is Do I, you, you fundamentally change is do you open up a a tear in space and time that yeah i mean do i mean i don't i don't know if his assassination was the thing that you're, you're, allowed you know that 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 that, that inspired right the human rights the, the the civil rights movement like i don't i don't know yeah tough choices bro right and tough you know choices, and that's bro. the thing i'm asking the question now you have to answer it for yourself today right so there's no going to the library there's no looking <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> You go back equipped with the knowledge at this moment. All right. You know what? We're yeah. Sorry, we, we've made a complete really, really good digression. Second podcast, yeah. but yeah, stuff like that is fun. And you know what? I'm going to bring that back up when we talk about a time travel episode. So yeah, whatever. Because there's plenty. There's the, the oh, whole man. grandfather par- paradox, and I've got a great theory on that. Do you? Do you want to hear it? No, we Damn don't have it. time. Damn it! All right, I've got. I I've, I've solved it. I've solved the par- grandfather paradox. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll save it. Good. Where's that carrot now? <laughs> oh, you wanted to have a bite of it? Oh. <laughs> okay, All right. back to the Black Knight. Yeah, so we're talking about, uh, again, 1960. They find this uh, object in orbit near the equator. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not a polar orbit. It was an equatorial orbit at this point. Yeah. And the Navy was looking for some casing or maybe a capsule that uh, came from an earlier launch that was along a similar orbital path, uh, but not the exact one that mm-hmm. they found uh, when when they were looking. Uh, they were sure this object wasn't American, and the Soviets said it wasn't Soviet. So, whose was it? Not that they'd tell you the truth. Well, right. Anyway, that's that's what's going on in 1960. Yeah, and so you have these... These things that are popping up, there are two scientists, Dr. Lapaz and uh, another guy named Clyde Tombaugh, might sound familiar if you're a Plutophile, for he discovered it. He is actually, and he was looking for um, large asteroids. And his keys. And his keys. And so they, they brought him in, and his they, his job was to find near-Earth asteroids. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, depending, and this can, this can get pretty conspiratorial, that, that his job was to learn all about the the this this dark satellite that no one could figure anything out about mm-hmm. and again take your pick here you would go the conspiracy route um and his findings were never released hmm. or you go the non-conspiracy route and he never generated a report there was nothing to release yeah you know so you know take your pick there when i travel back in time i'll look him up i'll find out <laughs> 
gonna have it's a long bus ride <laughs> but it's safe yeah that's true and clean <laughs> uh let's with a free chesterfield at every stop <laughs> probably a pack then oh you man a whole pack. filterless yeah or you're a sissy or you're a commie oh man and a free Soda Boy brand cola beverage. Oh. Um, 1963, apparently aboard Mercury Atlas 9 on an orbital mission. This is before mm-hmm. they got to the moon. Astronaut L. Gordon Cooper saw a green object with uh, red trailing behind it on his 15th orbit out of a uh, 22. I think he got to 22 orbits. Mm-hmm. In, in that mission. On the 15th one, it's said that he saw this green object out the window. And it was also said to have been witnessed via radar by around 100 people at uh, a NASA tracking station in Australia. Hmm. That one's been an interesting thorn in the side of, of the argument uh, since it came, uh, since the information came out, since the lid was proverbially <laughs> blown off it. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, 1973, analyzing some data from the Norwegian scientists yep. that we brought up earlier, the the gun in the first act. It's um, going off in this turd. It sounded like I said turd. <laughs> What'd you say? Third. Oh. Gun in the first act goes off in the third. Gotcha. And then it said turd. <laughs> they shot said- a gun at a poop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Scotsman, Duncan Lunan claimed the signals were actually depicting star charts from the constellation Boötes, in particular a double star called Epsilon yeah. Boötes. And they and it's a very specific message. It's a it's a map slash me, slash message. Yep. Saying howdy. <laughs> and it hey like y'all. and he translates as start here. We are from this planet. We're from this star system. It's a binary star system. There are six planets. There are two moons on this planet, one moon on this planet. We live on this planet with one moon, but this planet's got four moons. Clark like, Carr has a pool. <laughs> Come over. Bring hot dogs. His wife makes delicious Marnark neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he said, I settled it. I figured it out. Now, what's important is that Mr. Lunan is also a science fiction writer. Ooh. And he, There's another gun. Why yeah. do you keep introducing guns? And, uh, Who are you, Ted Nugent? And, and it is... <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Podcast fever. <laughs> Buy not now. Uh, now, this is where we get that 13,000-year-old. That yeah. This is where that date comes from. Yeah, specifically. Because it, given the star chart that he's able to um, extrapolate from the signal, uh-huh. it is a star chart of this system of Euripides Boortis, Boortis, as it would have appeared from Earth thirteen thousand years ago. Yeah, twelve thousand six hundred uh, exactly, but give or take, obviously four hundred years. Yeah, we'll give him that. Uh, so that is uh, so that's when when you keep hearing, oh, this object is thirteen thousand years old. I mean, is, since no one's ever touched it, you know, like, like who who the hell would know? That right. is where this comes from. That yes. is where people are getting this number from. Uh, from this guy's uh, quote unquote deciphering of of the radio signal. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so then let's uh, jump ahead real quick to nineteen ninety eight. Again, <laughs> Smash Mouth all over the place. <laughs> 
hey y'all i'm sorry i lied then i was bored (laughs) all my stories are done (laughs) you hanging with the satellite we hanging with the satellite is that i i don't know fred durst is just sounded whiny to me yeah i don't so that's why i I don't know what fred durst sounds like which is great that's how i sleep at night I did it all for the space station. What if Fred Durst uh, was snorting a line of coke off a hobo's butt? <laughs> what would that sound like, Flora? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we found we found like a real talent. You are you are designed for snort shouts. <laughs> so so these shuttle Endeavor took some <clears throat> blurry photos. Oh. On the way to the old International Space Station, many were of this strange, dark object. Mm-hmm. The photos were apparently available online, but suddenly pulled down and then reappeared uh, later on, claiming to be space junk. Yeah. Space so- trash! <laughs> which is also the name of the uh, erotic science fiction story I'm writing. <laughs> 98... I. I remember internet was still kind of, uh, it was like going through those, Netscape, those dude. horrible teenage these, these years. These are the Netscape years. Yeah. That N that was going in and that out. <laughs> AOL online. So NASA obviously had had their website. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it was black background, white letters, dude. <laughs> and you know what, though? Like back then, I remember this. I remember uh, my roommates, I lived in a house, we had con- UFO Conspiracy Tuesdays. Oh really? Where we would we would rent a UFO movie and we watched like uh, Fire in the Sky, yeah. Close Encounters, mm-hmm. uh, Communion. Oh. We would rent an, a UFO or alien abduction movie and then we would go downstairs to my computer because I had the computer oh. in the house, and we would just just go nuts. We would just just look at website after website. Wow. I mean, like. And and I I gotta say in those early days it was like a horse race between porn and conspiracy theorists like who's gonna really control the most real estate because I saw things back then that I couldn't like that that isn't it's not in the web anymore like oh the dark side of the moon has these giant spires it's this fully developed city but no one wants you to know that and it's the same thing happening on Titan and and oh I've got this interview from an astronaut who says that he saw these things and then the baby waved to him and he saw the baby and. <laughs> Um, so we used to look that stuff up all the time, and yeah, there was no shortage of these websites, even in the super early internet days. Wow! So, so apparently somebody uh, saw the these pictures online. NASA pulled them down, and then you know, a week or two later, they came back up with some, according to them, some lame explanations. So that's that's a timeline for you. Now the name Black Knight. Well, you're probably wondering why are they calling it Black Knight when Martin Lawrence is nowhere <laughs> near. <laughs> Well, no one knows for sure where that started. That's that's the stupid thing about it. The common thought is that it was attached by military sources. Yeah, around uh, the 1960 uh, time when they when they saw stuff, na- the Navy detection. Well, they were like, "Can we call it Dark Knight?" They were like, "No, dude, you got Dark Fence. You won that one. You can't. Not everything is dark." <laughs> we're like, "What about Black Knight?" Fine. Can we go back to work now? Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to point out because I think that we were joking through it is that uh, our good buddy Mr. Lunan did fully recant his story. He said he made it up. That's true. And that I think that should launch us into 
yeah, what I, the hell this thing actually is. Yeah, and I, uh, I just, I, I, we were kind of joking about it. Then I was like, wait, I don't think I came back around to that. So yeah, that the whole story about him deciphering everything and figuring it out. Duncan he, Lunan actually had no idea about the Black Knight satellite, nor was he trying to tie it in with his research. Mm-hmm. And he's he, he has since said that uh, a number of times in addition to retracting his theories because apparently the math was wrong. So we'll shoot a hole, hole in that old uh, theory. Kaboom. I didn't mean it. My mouth was all f***ed. <laughs> I forgot to carry the one. You've all done it. Don't pretend you're all better than Do me. you think you're better than Oh, look at me. I forgot to carry the <laughs> No, everybody's done it. Well, I'm looking in this audience. I'm saying three people who borrowed money from me last week because they bounced their checking account. You can't balance a ledger. You're How bo- can you find a star <laughs> chart in Absalom Bootis? Hold on, Flora. <laughs> I want my pudding, but I don't want to eat my meat. How can you have any pudding if you don't <laughs> eat your meat? Man, we're we're we are we are all over the place today. Well, we don't need no education. That's why. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man, that's our next day. When I woke up and went to work, there were certain podcasts I would listen to in any way I could. Wow. <laughs> we have a helicopter in the background. Exploring the unexplained. Okay, that's it. That's as far as we're going. Oh, but there's that great opener with the with the echo. Yeah. Oh man. We're covering a lot of bases today. How many musical acts have we gone through? We got a little Nugent in there. Wow. No Disney yet. Wait for it. Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we could do a whole the wall uh thing for you, but we won't. We'll save you from that. Hundredth episode. <laughs> a rock opera. Yeah. Blurry photos, the rock opera. Oh man. <laughs> You're welcome slash we're sorry. That's the title <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> so yes, uh starting with uh, Mr. Tesla, he did pick up a, a repeating signal. Mm-hmm. Now the Rational explanation for this is that he picked up signals from a pulsar. Yep. Uh, way, way off away. Uh, pulsars weren't understood at the time. That, no. That wasn't figured out until about 1968. Yeah, and they were, they were a huge mystery, and they were thought to be beacons from perhaps alien civilizations. So they realized, nope, there's a certain kind of star that, that will admit these bursts of radio waves at, at yeah. regular intervals. Imagine something the size of the star that is, what is it, imploding at the time? And yeah. And there are two jets of just extreme Superheated light. Superheated plasma. Yeah, that, that, are, that are coming out of each end of it, like the polar ends of it. But something that big is spinning so fast that it, it, it looks like a, a light blinking. Yeah, you're getting blasted from it. Yeah, and yeah. you can't even imagine how fast it's going. <laughs> you don't even know, bro. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Something that big. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, anyways, that there's probably a pulsar that he picks up. Yeah. 1954, those the articles in the newspapers. Now, this is interesting. They they claimed, you know, the Navy had or the Air Force had found something. Um this was this was really lame. It was a marketing ploy to sell a book by a ufologist uh named Daniel Kehoe. Had no connection to the Black Knight satellite. 
He was a f***ing keyhole. <laughs> so that, that, that there's another uh, salvo into the old balloon. Um, oh, yeah. 1960. Remember that uh, mystery equator object? Yeah, I do. Probably just debris from an earlier launch. Just like they were looking for. Yeah, they were they were looking for it for a reason, because yeah. debris from that launch was supposed to be there, and then they found something. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, again, this was not in a polar orbit either. This was an equatorial orbit, which yeah. is where they were looking. Kind of goes against what they had set up to that point. And there, there are some really, um, uh, I guess the good phrase would be troublesome inconsistencies with that, is that if it's in orbit... It should be in the same place at the same time when you look for it. Mm-hmm. Like it should, you know, you determine its orbital period and then boom, you can find it 100% of the time. Right. Um, orbits are, they're very specific things. I mean, that's why in the fifties, like it, it was, it required a lot of math to determine an orbit. They're not accident. You don't just throw things and they just show up that way. Like, <laughs> uh, and so, it's they're they're very predictable. Even a decaying orbit is mathematically predictable. Sure. Yet this thing is never. It's not where it's supposed to be. It's it's hard to determine. And even um, someone from our own Chicago's very own Adler Planeta uh, Planetentiary. That's <laughs> where you keep planets that commit crimes. Misbehaving planets. <laughs> you don't want to go into Gen Pop. It's all red dwarves. <laughs> Uh, Robert L. Johnson from the uh, the Adler Planetarium. Rob Johnson. <laughs> he uh, says it keeps no regular schedule. It's the most vexing thing in the world to find, and it's unlike anything else he's come across. He was looking for this thing, and it, and which leads some people to think that maybe it's not actually in a regular periodic Earth orbit, mm-hmm. but Earth is part of a large orbit, which would be extraordinarily complex yeah, if it were. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, at this point, again. Um, you can you can read that however you like. Either what people are seeing are different objects every time and thinking they're always the same thing, mm-hmm. or that this thing is entirely um, intelligently controlled and it comes and goes. Hmm. That it, it that it is mo- that it's adjusting its position. It's moving around. It's you know again depending on what you want it to think it is. You can you can fashion a story. Oh yeah. Well, what about that uh, 1963 uh, Gordon Cooper, the astronaut, mm-hmm. with the the green light that he saw? What about yeah. that? Apparently, copper this, oxide uh, meteor. It was all made up. Oh, Snooky! And, and not by him. What? Yeah, he uh, apparently claims that he never said that. Uh, it's not in any of the transcripts, I guess. And I I, I think I uh, might put a link up in the old show notes about. Um, his mission. We have show notes? Kind of a summary. Sort of, yeah. Sweet. I mean, it's kind of like a, a summary of the episode. Look, then how, I put a look few how legit links. we are. And by <laughs> we, I mean you. Oh. <laughs> but he, he, I've heard that he has said that somebody made that up. Now, Cooper was a fervent believer in UFOs. Fervent. But on that particular uh, mission, he didn't see anything out of the ordinary. And uh, now there is there's there there's a fun offshoot when once you get into uh, Mercury and Apollo there is uh, you get into some really fun definitely further out there theories 
I just stole David Flores' uh, catchphrase from an older podcast we used to do. <laughs> the the seed that, that birthed this Yeah, one, that's actually. exactly it. We, we, we used to do a podcast called the, uh, the Steelcast with our uh, old improv group. And yep. there was a portion of every podcast where David Flores would want to talk about something that was out there. And that is, uh, you're right, that is that is the kernel that stuck in this tooth and, yep. and became uh, blurry A photos. cavity. <laughs> the cavity that you're listening to right now. <laughs> but he had, uh, that that things take a really dramatic turn in that starting in, in the, uh, the Mercury program and then into Apollo, that this thing is seen more and more and it's seen following craft through mm. their orbit. Suddenly it's right there every time. And that the Apollo 10 mission was actually a mission to the object mm. where it was filmed and 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 they went all around it and took a look at it and brought that information back but of course the american people will never know about it nope i mean things get things get really sci-fi really fast at yeah. that point and then you get into like belief that there's a monolith orbiting the earth <laughs> that has information on it or maybe there's a monolith on mars i mean slippery yeah. slope it when you do going. internet research goodness how about the the photos from endeavor oh um, yeah this sadly or not sadly definitely junk yep it's, and and the, the the photos from the endeavor look so dramatically different yeah i mean you can be like oh you, you can actually even make out the edges of panels yeah and things it it really to me it looks like uh, some kind of um, cover or, or outside casing of something that's yeah. just been burnt to hell. But um, the the funny thing about about this is they were on the path to see to go to the uh, space station, which was not a a polar orbit. They mm-hmm. were it was it was uh, an equatorial orbit. If they had seen this thing on a polar orbit, it would have been too fast to see. Yeah. It has zoomed right by them. There would have been no photographs taken. Yeah, the relative speeds that you're dealing with up there uh, are are extreme. Again, I'm going to take a moment here to talk about orbits. Oh, okay. You guys here, guys seeing this? You guys hear about this? This is an important thing. The physics of an object in orbit is that it's an object at such great speed that it is actually curving around the earth at the same rate it is dropping Hmm. so every time it drops it actually stays at the same relative position i mean it requires a huge amount of velocity to do to do that we talked about that in another episode where we were talking about um uh what it would take to um break from orbit and the 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 power it takes and shuttles going and coming back but yeah the things in orbit are traveling at phenomenal rates of speed Mm -hmm. uh even uh you know in uh, geosynchronous orbits um, where they stay over one area, mm-hmm. they're they're not like the lazy kitties. These things are still hauling extreme ass. Because imagine a thumbtack on the exterior of a bike wheel. Yeah, and it's that thumbtack is in a geosynchronous orbit around that a, a, a point on the hub, mm-hmm. and that hub is just going around. But consider the distance that that thumbtack is traveling just right. to stay above that point on the hub. Um, the, these things are moving at extraordinary rates of speed. And I think that there's this kind of weird belief because when we, when we see footage from space, everything's just floating and very cool and everything appears to just be very still there. Like it just goes out there, like it's getting stuck in a, a big thing of jello and it just kind of floats there, <laughs> <laughs> but everything. And this, that's why actually space trash is a huge problem because yeah. when a piece of space trash hits another object, 
it is as though it was fired out of a rail gun. Yeah. I mean, it hits it like a freight train. Yeah, and keeps going. Yeah, and so the the as a matter of fact, uh, the Chinese government is is enacting a plan right now to try to clean up orbital space. Well, they're gonna they're 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 working in plans to try to collect some of this trash and get it out of orbits. I hope that they have just a big shuttle that has one of those pokey sticks and a trash bag. <laughs> Just goes out there with an arm that just like, and then puts it in like a bag. <laughs> speakers, put it in the trash, put it in the bag. Dun, dun. But um, yeah, so there's, if, and I, I personally, I think um, it wouldn't take a lot of work if you've got, it, it's hard to get raw materials into orbit. If you've already got stuff in space, keep it up there, re- you know, like collect it, use it while it's still up there. Hmm. That's just my two cents. But yeah, that that was Dave Stecco's Orbit Corner. <laughs> Can I get an Orbit Corner jingle? Okay. Yeah. You'll never have to hear that jingle again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um if you have if you haven't seen the the movie Gravity, which a, I have not. You haven't. It's no. a good film. It'll it'll make you want to stay right the fucking bed. I would love to see that movie. I really would. Sandra Bullock will not leave me alone. And she's like, have you seen my movie? Have you seen my movie? I miss you, Dave. What are you doing? And I know I'm not, I'm not getting onto the merry-go-round again. I can't. Don't, don't watch it for her. You say that, but it just, it just brings up a lot of stuff. It brings up a lot of emotions. Anyway, a lot of the stuff is, <laughs> is, is, uh, uh, exemplified in, in that movie pretty well, especially like there's a section where it's like, Oh, debris is coming for us it'll be here again in like three minutes or it, yeah. it's longer than that, but like it, it'll be here, you know, it, it's made its orbit and it's coming around again. So yeah. take cover kind of thing. But, um, yeah, pretty freaky stuff. Space, space is space is the place freaky. And the moon is a harsh mistress. So books, you know, in the, in the sixties, there were, uh, uh, apparent coverups to spy equipment that was oh, yeah. that was being launched to help guard against like we said the the nuclear attacks Willy of, the, nilly. of the cold war and such but uh, apparently all that stuff was was accounted for in terms of launch maybe not you know it wasn't called oh we're sending up a satellite it was like oh we're sending up an orbital uh thing to test you know uh, space bucks or <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an orb it's an orbital radio relay yeah so that we can we like our television <laughs> So it looks like a camera. No, it isn't. Some people have said maybe this thing was a, you know, a cold war spy satellite of, of mm-hmm. some sort, which you know, maybe, but, maybe, maybe, maybe no, maybe so. I mean, in, in the end, and, and you'll hear this from the sources. If, if you start looking for it, there's a, a bunch of uh, disparate events that have all been kind of cobbled together to make this, this theory that something is up there watching us. Yeah. I mean, uh, from, with us? I mean, from a narrative point of view, it's a cool story. Oh, there's this thing, this mystery object just circling us. Who put it there? Why is it there? Sometimes it emits some, you know, a message. <laughs> it'd be it'd be great. Oh, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, it just has this feeling like again, that you hear when you do your first, you know, internet searches, you're going to see this 13,000-year-old object yeah. repeated over and over and you realize you you realize oh that all comes from this one guy's story that even he himself was like yeah that's not true right you know like yeah a lot of stuff is just either made up or or embellished Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean there may be something out there but uh it's it's (laughs) it probably isn't the droid you're looking for (laughs) move along (laughs) yeah so 
Uh, so that that is the Black Knight satellite in a uh, uh, a nutshell. That's that's uh, orbiting quiet. Beep, beep, beep. Repeating signal <laughs> going around a polar orbit. So there you go. How about how about we repeat some signals to you? Oh yeah. And, and when you decode them, you learn that. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got some a binary star system here full of puns. Full of puns. Flora, why don't you kick it off? I will. I've got a, a parlor where you can go and get inked, get some ink on you, mother or whatnot, what have you. Maybe maybe a, a heart. Uh huh. A, a devil girl. Ooh, <laughs> something like that. Anyways, this place, uh, if if you can even find it, it's it's really hard to find. Uh, people say, you know, a lot of times you can only find it once every so often. It's called the Black Knight Tatalite. Jesus. <laughs> wow, you really, you just Franken-stitched that right in there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, there was a problem in the uh, the late 50s and early 60s they had, uh, again, with their tele- telecommunications. And it's it's one of the reasons they... they had to bring in live studio audiences to television shows because, uh, you know, Ricky Ricardo would make a joke and people, they, they wouldn't quite hear through his accent very well. Mm. And so there was this gap and then people would say, Oh, they figured out and then they would laugh. And that was the LDE. It was the laugh delay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Echo. And then they, they fixed it. The Ricky LDE. Ricardo, huh? Yeah, I really I brought in a lot of stuff on that one. <laughs> really unpacked a lot of boxes to get to that. All right, all right, I'm with well, you. Let, let this cripple fight continue. <laughs> An- cripple Ra- fight. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> fight. Mm, weak Clink. slaps. Clink. Weak slaps. <laughs> uh, I uh, I got a star map to a constellation where the finest wine is made. <laughs> it's the constellation Bordeaux Otis. <laughs> I like that. That's stronger. I like that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to lead with it, so. <laughs> it's not like I'm playing euchre, bro. True. <laughs> you know, in the uh in the navy, it's it's difficult um right after World War II, late 50s, early 60s. It's not like it's not like the wonderland we live in now. With with nerd like your cult. body, yeah. <laughs> Still looking for Disney. Still looking for Disney. <laughs> that's, that's the middle of the bingo card. It's really going to get some people paid. Um, but no, I mean it was hard. Like we live in the the time of nerd culture being completely okay and, and celebrated. We can we can walk the streets however we want. Um, but you know back then not so much. But the you know the the navy knew it needed them eggheads, oh, yeah. but it also knew they had to be protected from the rest of the servicemen who would beat them and wedge them and shove them in in closets lockers. and lockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they actually put up a barrier to keep them into the 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 radar sections of the boat, and it was called the Dork Fence Project. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, I like it. All yeah, right, write you a whole story just to get to them. <laughs> Unpacking a lot of boxes tonight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Lieutenant Flora, check your scopes. Are you getting the same intermittent signal I am? Well, hang on, let me put my Chesterfield down and this Soda Boy brand <laughs> cola beverage, so I can play with the gyroscopes. 
Holy mackerel macaroni, what is that? Call the general. It looks like we've just found... Listener Bay! Holy mackerel macaroni. <laughs> Dear sweet gentle love of the Lord our God. <laughs> Listener mail. Tons of listener Holy mail. Holy soda boy brand <laughs> cola <laughs> beverage. Ooh. Almost as smooth as this Chesterfield. I, why am I making a Clint Eastwood face while I'm doing this? I don't know. It's the same reason you have the, the pinchy hand when you do an Italian accent. <laughs> uh, listener mail. This is this is the part where the listeners mail. Hey, everybody. Thanks for writing in. We got a bunch to get through. Yeah, we are still working through uh, our largesse of your interest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard uh, from Mikey with a pun. Bring it, Mikey. Mikey uh, says, hello, fellow human. Do you like food times? Then try black eye peas. It's so good, your mother, he hit you. <laughs> Duh. Duh. This makes such funny. Great. That's awesome. Thanks, uh, Mikey. We got a great pun uh, uh, from uh, Daniel, um, who also, seriously, let's see, uh, let's see some pictures of that armor, son. We talked about <laughs> this before, and if it fits me, I sit. If it fits, I sits. That's how that's the world works with armor and me. Right. Uh, quick pun from you, Daniel. Uh, drove past a bodacious building the other day with a seventeenth, nice yeah, with a seventeenth century twist. Went inside for a taste of Guy Foxy boxing. Oh, as it was an underground circuit, it had that it had an explosive feel to it. Oh, <laughs> nice historical and erotic. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite combo. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, got a got a pun from uh, a new writer, John Anonymous. Oh, mysterious. Sort of a self defeating name. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the slowest cryptid you've never seen. What? The sloth man. Oh, the slothman. Sloth, sloth, is that a slothman? Slothman over there. I hey. used to work. With Reggie Slothman. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, a more gentle man I have never met. I did not care for how he watched my wife. He <sighs> never did nothing. You know never what I hate could about, have been in my own you head. You know what I had about Slothman? I was in a bad place then. You know what I hate about Reggie Slothman? What's that? Clipped his fingernails in public. Oh, uh, you know, everyone's long, got foibles. Everyone's got foibles. I, I just didn't care for the way he looked upon my wife. It was so long. Thank oh. you, John Anonymous. <laughs> Way to start out with a pun. Yeah. Uh, another uh, new and exciting writer, Anxious Tritip. Anxious Tritip. Tritip. Anxious, anxious Tritip. Sure. Okay. Oh, uh, so <laughs> take some uh, take some umbrage to our our, our oh, mispronunciation. Umbridge. Of whole bean from our uh, Slenderman episode, which is one of our more popular episodes. Whole. Well, I, I, we we are not pronouncement. No, we try, we try. Well, the the thing is, it, it's the uh, I think we were talking about Hans Holbein. It, yeah. It's it, it's either Holbein or Holbein. But the point is, when we say it, Holbein, you can't really hear the L that's in there. I'm sure I was saying it wrong because I do that. Well, I'm, I'm disrespectful. To it it names. could be. Uh, I think the L I swallowed. 
So thank you for calling us out on that. I don't mean to make any of your three tips more anxious. (laughs) As as Actman, I think it is, uh, enunciation is important, of course. So Holbein. Holbein. Bane barn. Now, prepare yourself for this, the darkest of lemons. Dark Lemon. Uh, who has not written in before, so thank you. Welcome aboard. Hi, Dark Lemon. He's been listening for some time. Gonna get a squeeze out of you. Hits us with an awesome, awesome email. Yeah. Uh, Dark Lemon is a doctor in the UK, and uh, during the course of his training, um, actually did a, a, a stint in the psychiatric ward, also working with people with dementia. And he was saying, uh, in reference to our sort of our shadow people episode, kind of uh, tangentially, that he found it very unnerving that people that had no contact with each other in different parts of the the hospital would, would report very similar hallucinations of a man in a dark coat with a hat. And, uh, that is the best, in my opinion, that's the best of the, of anecdotal evidence. Yeah. That's the best you can get. And, and so he said, you know, and and he's, it's man of science, you know, he considers them hallucinations. He's, um, his approach is, you know, that, uh, one of the problems with dementia is, is lack of oxygenation to the brain, sure. particularly when you're asleep. Same thing with people with sleep apnea. Sure. Um, and if that, oh, he wonders if that affects these people, if that leads to a hallucinative experience. Um, but it, he said that this this particular image is very common, or not very common, but uh, but shared occasionally between patients in the ward, that the other people will see the same thing, even though they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. They've arrived at this independently. Uh, he wants to make it very clear that he's not saying that if you have this hallucination or if you see something, it doesn't mean you're, you have dementia or you're batty or anything like that. But he just thought it was a really interesting uh, phenomenon that, that was, uh, that really, when he was working there, that that happened. And it's kind of, it was a little bit spooky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that course. was, that's, uh, that was awesome. Thank you, Dark Lemon. Yeah. And, and, and welcome to Podcast Town. And to sweeten the dark juices coming from this lemon. Weird. Weirdly phrased. Actually, he said that uh, he added us on on Twitter after our uh, Ichabod Crane episode, and must and he said I must admit there was a modicum of reluctance to do that. However, there's a masochistic element to hearing some of our puns. After all, very true. In many ways, it was a weepy follow. Oh, I see what you did there. I love I love these puns that hook me emotionally, <laughs> and then they turn out to be a pun because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, you're reluctant to follow us. <laughs> What'd you what? just say? What? What? Oh, it's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> you got us. <laughs> Brilliantly played. Thank you, Dark Lemon. If you have any more stories of of uh, strange shite that, yeah. that goes on like that, uh, uh, please let us know. That's that's awesome. And thanks for sharing. Yeah. Moving on. <clears throat> Your attention, please. <laughs> attention, attention. Uh, something, something, blah, blah, fancy feast. <laughs> <laughs> Gray cat. Uh, brings up a good point. Uh, yeah, this is an, an excellent and elegant point. Uh, listening to Time Slips episode, and um, he said in the, the Simpson-Gisby case, we, we mentioned him that they thought the forks and knives were were weird and outdated in the that little uh french uh, inn that they stayed at. Yeah, what, what the what the f- does that mean? <laughs> it's true. Uh, the best I can think of is that it was like 
like the fork was shaped like a tiny trident, like old timey fork, you know, like it's a three point thing with a long, thin wrought and then, iron. Yeah. And then, and like then a giant handle at the end. Right. And then the knife. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's got an excellent point. I, I mean, I picture it as, as a two pronged, uh, fork Ooh. and, and like, like and a carving fork. Yeah. And everything's wrought iron for some yeah. reason or like lead or something that's completely not good for you. Yeah. That's a good know. point. No, I, you're, but you're right. Yeah, we never, we never stopped and thought about that. We, you'd be surprised how little we think. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't know you wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't. Uh, thank you. Great cat. Also, also brings up the, the point that in, um, in our, uh, first miscrypted episode, uh, we talk about the knuckle of V, and in the song that that we included, they call the knuckle of V an anus. Oh, that's right. See, so a- anus is a term. <laughs> at least, uh, at least in fictional <laughs> fantasy, yeah, Baldur's Gate song lore, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, fancy food. Thank you. Uh, we got a great email from Sheila. It turns out, so we had a. a a listener write in and mention uh, the ghost story writing of Krista Foster. And it turns out I've met her at Sheila's house at a party and didn't know it. And so by all means, we're going to try to get in touch with her and, and, and see what we can come up with and maybe get some, some real talent on our ghost story scene because uh, so far it's been real weak tea. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very real much. Bush league, <laughs> real Bush league. Also, a fun uh, follow-up on our discussion about um, uh, Ken Heights mentioning that uh, I Am Legend is a zombie story. Um, so it turns out there's some interesting backstory here. John Romero wanted to make I Am Legend but couldn't afford the rights. Huh. And so he was like, F*** all y'all. I'll take my toys and make my own zombie movie the way I want to. And wow. I Am Legend was vampires. Yeah. Hmm. So that's settled. So thank you very much, Sheila. Thanks, Sheila. We got a thick coat of mail from Peyton Bob. Oh yeah, Bob, welcome back. You know what? You're you're like a, a comet. <laughs> yeah, you really are. Yeah, like you come through, you light up our nights. You're dependable. Uh huh. And then you disappear. Where do you go? <laughs> what do you do while you're there? What do you see? Why don't you return my phone calls? <laughs> welcome back, Bob. Uh, Bob's got some great stuff. Um, hits us with so many coats right now. We got to let some of them dry, and <laughs> and we'll hit uh, uh, the rest of the room next week. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a second coat on. Uh, oh yeah. from, from Bob's uh, uh, stuff. But here's here's what he sent us uh, for this week. He said in Flood Myths in the second part of our Flood Myths, we spoke about uh, bull sharks being able to uh, go up into fresh water. Uh-huh. He said he was wondering why one would do that and apparently uh did a little research bull sharks have the highest levels of testosterone in their system does that make them bro sharks i think so <laughs> uh and and higher than any any other species so it's on a rampage yeah uh, that's it's just it wants to bite something nice that's that's right bro I, I mean it wants so to good. bite something or it wants to it wants to bite or f- yeah much like most bros <laughs> exactly hey bro <laughs> bro I'm here to take your leg or have sex with you. Your I choice, can, bro. I can do both. <laughs> Swim at me, bro. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Thank you for that fun fact, Bob. Yeah. And and uh, apparently Bob's also getting plagued by the Slenderman in his dreams. Oh. Sorry. Sorry about that, Bob. We do that to you. 
It'll 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 happen. But to combat that, uh, he sends us a pun. Oh, that's oh, the yeah. best way to fight the night with puns that are tight. He says, "Little all known, right." <laughs> uh, little known fact: that Thunderbird was able to read the minds of all creatures around it by using its powers of pelicanesis. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great. <laughs> I'm uh, that's so good that I'm going to use it at work tomorrow. We have this. Uh, <laughs> we have a running game. Play it amongst yourselves of um, mundane superpowers, mm-hmm. like um, in flight, flight, where you can fly, but only if you're like already flying. So you could just functionally hover in the aisle of an aircraft. That's funny. Um, p- pelicanesis, pelicanesis, the ability to to move a pelican with your mind. <laughs> That's a really f***ing great. Uh, I'm going to have to add that. (laughs) And one more pun from Bob before we uh, (laughs) set the coat of paint to dry. Uh Uh, He said, after a group of nine Russian skiers were found dead in the Ural Mountains, authorities were quick to report that nothing paranormal had happened to them. As it turned out, the Russian military had investigated the scene, and they were sure the entire group had died from a bad case of Dyatlov rash. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I know that we've gotten more mail than we've gotten through, but you guys are killing us in yeah. the best possible way. It's so good. Uh, so we're we're trying to we're trying to work through this uh, best we can, and I think that we'll be caught up by next week. I think yeah. that we'll we'll be we'll be spot on. And if you know what, one way or the other, even if we supplementalize, but we're gonna we're gonna get caught up because we like to keep the hot mail fresh out of the oven. Yep. Uh, and, and if you wrote in more and didn't hear it this week, uh, we're probably saving it for next yep, week. Yep. Spreading if, it out. Especially if we said we were like we did, we'll get to it and, uh, keep them coming. Cause we'll, we'll rock it through them. Yeah, that's right. Cause you guys are the best. Thanks you guys. Thank you. And welcome again to season three. Hey. Oh yeah. A, a proper welcome. Yeah. Not a drunken welcome. Ooh, that was a like, that, that, this is like a, Hey, it's really good to see you. Last week was like a 3am text. Like, can I come over? <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I just want to talk to you for a little while. I was out with my friend. <laughs> I got some poet poems that I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, so if if we've won you back with with this episode, uh, oh boy, then uh, go over to Facebook. Then you and, weren't that mad in the first place. Yeah. Go over to Facebook and like us. Uh, give us uh, five stars yeah, and, and a review whistles, on iTunes. And Disney. I brought it in. Okay. The toot whistle honking boom. Is that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? What is it? Oh, it's uh, an old educational thing about the... Oh, poop. Drat! You're really trawling for it now. No, that was organic. That's why I was so excited. Um, so it's okay. Only I celebrate educational film. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sex ed. <laughs> How to smack stewardesses on the butt. <laughs> Twitter. We're on Twitter. We are. Blurry underscore photos. Yep. We're on StumbleUpon. That... We're back. We're not turning our back on that anymore. YouTube, Blurry Photos Podcast. We're on there and and, uh, slowly building on the archive. Yep. You can go to blurryphotos.org and and find all our past episodes on there and links to get you to these other places easily, subscribing to our RSS and iTunes. You know what's exciting? I was thinking about uh, one thing to look forward to in season three. We are going to cross the 100 episode threshold. We are. And when we do that, that means that early episodes of our podcast will disappear from iTunes. 
So, I mean, if you guys would like to hear our awkward adolescence yeah. at your leisure, yeah, uh, download those episodes uh, off iTunes. You'll always be able to get them off the website. Get them while they're hot. And, uh, yeah, so this is just one of the uh, the exciting new things that, that season, thing, season three brings to you. Some computer-directed scarcity. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, we've got a, a nice new donate button on the website Oh man, some um, of you have not not uh, ignored that, and yeah. we thank you. Millions of of thank yous uh, to you. We don't expect anything, but if you have some spare uh, money bills to send our way, and and if like what we do, if you're picking between us and public radio, pick us. <laughs> I support public radio, so I've done it for all of you. If you if you're picking between us and that bag of crisps from the store. Pick the crisps. Pick the crisps. <laughs> Come on. Also, you're British. <laughs> also, stay away from Lucozade. Yeah. That stuff's weird. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, anyway, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David. <laughs> Flora. <laughs> you brought it home. And I'm David Esta Noche Stecco. Ten thousand earbuds just got ripped out of ears. <laughs> Trying to do it away from the two. <laughs> Rap the noise. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> You love Coke so much. Me amo. Es Raúl. Oh, you just made me like la- like laugh so hard I almost passed out. Oh shit. <laughs> What's with the snort screams? I'm never letting you do drugs. (laughs) It's good shit, dude.